Hello listeners, I'm your host Ziad Matar and I would like to welcome you all to the Wirelessly Yours podcast where I talk about everything tech, business and design. On each episode, I invite some of the brightest minds to join me and discuss cutting-edge technologies, emerging business models and the latest design trends that are transforming our world and shaping the future. Wirelessly Yours. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this very special episode of the Wirelessly Yours podcast. Uh, it's very special for many reasons. Most obvious reason is that we are uh, in the same room today yeah. with my guest, Marta Garcia, CEO of Cloudworks, and probably my first colleague in Spain, uh, or the second, because we yeah, always work from the same office here since uh, since the last summer. Welcome, Marta. Thank uh, you so much. We'll for talk more me. about uh, you and the introduction, but mm-hmm. uh, let's start with, uh, as usual, we talk about the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cloudworks and your hat. Yes. So I'm very happy to be here with you. Um, it's a pleasure for me to be here. Um, we are in Cloudworks Pasita Gracia, which is one of our co-working spaces in Barcelona. Ziad is one of our most beloved co-workers in the community. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves him, not in this location, but in others as well. That's true. You're very popular. I try to behave myself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the hat that I brought, actually, I bought it last year to protect from the rain. But it doesn't work for me because it's a summer hat. This is so it's basically I don't use it. I just wear it here. It's a beautiful hat. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm wearing my uh, startup hat here, the hoodie hat, because uh, you know since I moved to to Cloudworks, it was my first uh, actually uh, real co-working space experience. So mm-hmm. I feel like a startup surrounded by startups all the time. It's a beautiful environment here that uh, you have provided us. So thank, thank you, you again. You know? No, no, no. Uh, so again, like I said, the first section is usually uh, the the elephant in the zoo. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's really the elephant in the room since yeah. we're finally in the same room. So uh, tell us a little bit more about Cloudworks, how, how it started, mm-hmm. your journey within Cloudworks. You were recently appointed uh, CEO. Yep. Congratulations on that. So let's talk about uh, yeah. that part first. So um, Cloudworks was founded almost six years ago here in Barcelona. It started as a very small co-working company. We only had one space for 14 members um, nice. in Barcelona. But it was the first space here in town that mixed open spaces with private offices. Until that time, co-workings were most of them in basements and were only seen as a shared space to save money for freelancers and people that were at home and had a very like, were struggling in their economic situation because of the crisis from 2008. Okay. So when the recovery started, people started to go back to the offices and co-workings became a bit popular for companies that were more established for two, three, four people. Um, teams that started to move to co-working spaces. So from that time, this hybrid model became very popular and uh, we started to open other spaces here in town um, and then we moved to Madrid. So in this six-year journey, we have, we're very happy to say that we have 12 locations in total and we grant service to uh, 1,500 members. Oh, so it makes you a big company if you think of everything. Yeah, well, um, we started as a very small one and what really pushed us when was when the big players like WeWork, Utopicus, um, Spaces came into yeah. Spain. When we started, it was just local players. So the real boom came when um, they got into the market. Because they educated the market mm-hmm. as well. And they did a job for us, basically. Well, you know, I mean, to be honest, this is how I found Cloudworks, by looking at uh, WeWork and then who else. Yeah, there? you found a local um, alternative. And, and you've been there from day one, six years No, um, I joined... Uh, a year after it was open. Okay. So we only had one location, but it was kind of number two. So when I joined on research, it was here, the founder. Nice. We met from before. We went to school together. Okay. That's how we knew each other. 
and I lived um, abroad for a while, and okay. then I came back. I started to try. I started to try my own project. It didn't work at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did you learn from that? We talk about. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that actually. Um, but then Sergi called me saying, "Look, um, my business is expanding. I need someone that helps me running it." Nice. And that's how I got here. And uh, uh, this was your so you had a project before, and did you work uh, before the project uh, in in a, in a corporation? Or yes. So um, I studied business here in Barcelona. Yeah. I graduated in two thousand and twelve. I wanted to do a master's here, but I, I wasn't able to get in, and ah. I became very angry, and I decided to move abroad because okay. I was very angry with my university and with everyone. Oh. And I moved to Hong Kong. Oh, nice. I worked there for a while for the um, Spanish Chamber of Commerce, okay. which was a great experience. Amazing. And then I got a job in a bank in London okay. in the marketing department. I lived there for three years and then I came back. Oh, that's a great experience as well. Mm -hmm. Two amazing cities. Yeah. Great. And uh, so you joined and then so you were part of this uh, big expansion. And uh, as you said, you know, this was really my, uh, my first question to yeah. you uh, as I uh, put some notes for today's session. I'll remove my yeah, you can. <laughs> I can see you properly. Uh, you have uh, almost 1,500 uh, people working within Cloudworks offices, so that by itself makes you a big company. Like Imagine a company who has 1,500 employees. It's not easy yeah. to run. But at the same time, uh, it puts also the expectation of uh, of almost a hotel, almost a hospitality business. Yeah. That's where we, you know, I know from myself, we have certain expectations, uh, you know, good coffee and... Uh, yeah. You know, clean dishes and water, but also you know, IT and environment mm -hmm. and etc. So, how do you manage all of that as a small company? Uh, I would say it's like service, 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 and always listen to the client because the client priorities were very different from what they are right now when we started. Hmm. When we started, what people were looking for was only like the tangible functionalities and facilities of the space. They want a great table, they want a great chairs, they wanted to have 24-7 access. Hmm. So when everyone got that for granted, they wanted more. They wanted nice people, they wanted great coffee, yeah. um, great meeting rooms, attract other clients, make great synergies between others. And when that was done, they wanted to connect with each other. So what people want within these spaces has really evolved within the past few years. We were at the top of the queue before COVID-19. I know we'll speak about it later. Yeah. Um, and throughout the pandemic, we went backwards, like three of our faces. We yeah. went back to the physical space, like safe space with um, the, um, social distancing, uh, higher quality and all that. But now we're going back to where we were beginning of the last year so we almost have the Maslow pyramid of needs but for, mm -hmm. for working yeah that's very interesting and how did you manage the also the in, internal growth uh, to, to 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 keep up with all of this uh, demand and do you speed? mean um, in terms as, of as, a, as a team yourself yeah. how do you grow your team and then make sure that we all have this consistent yeah. experience that's one of the most difficult things I have to say yeah. because I've—I mean, I'm now the CEO of Clubbers, but since the beginning I was also in charge of HR. Yeah. So I was also in planning, in charge of planning how many people we do need uh, for running the location, but also in central, like central services, sales, marketing, um, finance. When you start opening locations, you may forget about that as well, and then you get to a point where you have a number of co-workers sure. and a number of spaces where your central services are not enough. Yeah. So it's very important to have this balance between yes. people that run the spaces, people who are great to run the spaces, but then people who you don't really see, but we give the support and do all the work to make sure that everyone. And, and, and the processes that go along with that. I mean, the, the standardizing processes is also very important, but what I have learned um, in the past few years is that you have to standardize up to a point. Yeah. 
when you standardizing processes, you want to standardize everything. Yeah. And then you realize that standardizing everything doesn't work. It's really unproductive. Over engineering as well. So it's really important to see which kind of processes really need to be um, standardized and how you update them as the, as the time passes. And uh, in terms of uh, you know running all these spaces and providing uh, consistent uh, service to everybody meeting uh, mm -hmm. these expectations, how do you manage that internally? We want every um, co-worker to have the same experience regardless of the allocation he or she's at. So that's why we have established a really like consistent process um, system. The problem with processes that I learned in the past is that you cannot process everything. And there's no way you can automatize every single thing that you do in the company. When we started to automatize everything and to um, establish processes and direct diagram them, we realized that you only you have to focus on the three or more, three or four more um, important projects, and then from there, just take it from there and keep updating them. Yeah. So some processes you let them run even exactly in a human way. Yes. And how much do you digitize now? I, I know that you know it's, it's a lovely experience to book the meeting rooms with the yeah. app, but I feel there's a lot more that we can do with the app. We, I mean, internally within the team, uh, we are in total thirty people, twenty people work in offices, but we all work remotely, yes. and we all work remotely even before the pandemic. So technology is a must, has always been a must for us. Yeah. I think there's only been two or th twice or three times that we have all, all been together within the same place, all the collaborative team. Hopefully for a party or something. Yeah, actually, always for parties. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so technology has always been very important for us. And we're not a lot of people. So the more automatization that we can have, the more standardization that we can have within our systems is great. So we did first uh, for our team and then to our clients. So we have an app with, um, Clients can book meeting rooms. They see all the partnerships that we have. They can connect with each other. Mm -hmm. They can create private groups that we don't see. They can tag their activities, saying that, I don't know, I work in marketing, I work on websites. So there's no need for them to go through us to connect to other coworkers. And that really broads their horizons to connect to each other. Because sometimes clients just come to the front desk and ask for clients within their locations. Yeah. But now you connect to the app, you have a horizon and an environment of app. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, uh, it will be even more powerful when we can mm -hmm. go back to more networking uh, in be. person, uh, hopefully very yeah. soon. Yeah, but we what we have seen, um, especially because uh, we um, did our podcast, yes. we have done our first um, oh, season yeah. now. We yeah. have to congratulate the Thank you so on much. launching their uh, new podcast, <laughs> joining us in the podcast uh, space. Yeah, um, so we realize about how digital community yeah really important and even if everyone's going back to the offices digital communities will stay yeah and there's there's two separate topics and two different ways to connect both in digital and in physical so we have to learn how to let people to communicate in that way even yeah. if everyone comes back to the office and physical events and parties and, and you know we got used to certain ways i yeah. think and, uh, and that's great yeah but but also uh, i like what you said about your own team that you always work anyway from multiple offices I know I see mm -hmm. you twice a week here. And probably, you're doing this. We're moving uh, around all the time. So, and, and most companies are moving into mm -hmm. that uh, direction. The, a bit earlier, the you know the, the needs, but also you have the competition drives also what you offer. So, mm -hmm. how do you keep uh, ahead? I mean, you know, the entry of WeWork and others must have been a very strong uh, threat, mm -hmm. but as well a good push. So, how did you cope with that? What did you learn? Mm -hmm. and what's the plan? When we were gonna, I remember that when we were announced that they were opening in Spain, the first co-working that opened was here in Barcelona. 
Barcelona. Yeah. All the operators were really frightened. Like, oh my God, we were going And I was happy yeah. because I said, I mean, they have the money, they have the resources to educate people to what co-working is. So I was kind of happy because I've always thought like, it's better to have a small portion in a bigger market than the hugest portion in the smallest one. Yeah. And I always think that co-working and flexible spaces sector can grow until everyone in theory works from a flexible workspace. If there's still people working in traditional offices, people who have their own spaces and they manage them themselves, there's always space to grow. Yeah. And WeWork has really helped us in that. I always said that my grandma, who's 95, she knows what WeWork is. And right. she, yeah, and she gives me like the news from the And when I remember when I started in Cloudware, she had no idea about what co-working was. And it was very difficult for her to understand. So all the um, communication, the marketing that WeWork has done has been great for us. I yeah. mean, and there's nothing, I mean, in terms of competition and type of spaces, they are, they're the most premium ones. But yeah. it's, a, I mean, it's a different sector and a different segment from ours. I think there are there's room uh, for everyone. definitely the, the biggest global one, but that I, I think that creates uh, a huge uh, motivation for somebody to be a big uh, number two or a big competitor, yeah. even every market, because you can't just have one big player everywhere. Oh, no. so, and there's um, there's room for everyone, and every single company needs a different space. Cloud work is not suitable for everyone. Uh, for sure, uh, for sure. Uh, we say it as well. Uh, you know, I'm wearing the T-shirt. I'll tell you the story yeah. about it, and uh, I'll offer you one of them later on. Uh, there's no one size fits all. So that's uh, for sure. So how much? Uh, what is the uh, breadth that you have in terms of sizes, you know, from one person like me, mm -hmm. uh, you know, single person kind of operation yeah. uh, initially, at least when I started, to what's the Our clients the range? range from a freelancer, a single person that yeah. has a desk in an open space um, shared area, up to a hundred people company that has their own private space. Okay. So what we offer to clients goes from a table in a shared space or a private office with all all the services, what is called a service office, which is basically a private space where companies just get in and start to work and has all the services that co-working can offer, sometimes a bit more, but the space is private for them. And in this case, they feel like they're walking into their office. Exactly. They can customize it, they can put their logos, sometimes they can choose the furniture if they're involved in the project, which usually happens. So we always try to involve these companies at the end of the architectural project mm -hmm. so that they can decide how many meeting rooms they want, where they want the phone booths to be placed, do we want one coffee machine or two? Because they already have some um, business standards and facilities standards that want to apply to the working area when they get in. So we try to do all this work in advance. Yeah. And then when they get in the spaces are very customized. And in terms of the demand then that you get from from those companies in terms of uh, mainly I would expect uh, IT and security and, and privacy yeah. and safety. How do you manage that? Mm, I have to say that from the beginning, um, co-working spaces were considered quite safe yeah. uh, because we have always had security cameras, alarms. Um, we have people from 9 a.m. in the morning to 10 a.m. at night, so there's always someone from our team here. Of course, things can happen, and we have had robbers in the past, I have to say that, but this happens everywhere. So I think that what the difference really makes is how you act afterwards. Yeah. We had a very interesting case of a coworker that was stolen a laptop, and we acted super fast. We called the police, and the police caught the oh, person wow. that took the laptop, and then the laptop came back. 
and from a, a data security yeah. privacy as well, how do you work with these? Mm, in IT is also very interesting because when we started, we really had a router. Yeah. We had an internet line, everyone was connected to that. No security, anything. And I remember that once uh, there was a designer that was uploading and sending some final files to a client and then the line collapsed. Everything. We had 30 people where the, and the internet was shut down. And then that's when we realized, like, look, we need some extractor on yeah. this. So then first we hire a person that was only in charge of IT security, so they put in like a proper structure. Um, and we have clients right now that have their own servers in our locations, they want Ethernet points customized, so our internet service level has really up. You are like a small ISP, right? Yeah, so and uh, we can do anything that clients want because now we have an external services that have a lot of experience working with IT companies and telecom. They only work for this kind of company. Right. So nice. That's um, they they are in charge of that, and we're, but we are not only providing a router network. People can just um, yeah, and uh, so now we move to the personal uh, safety. Let's talk a little bit about how did you uh, navigate the uh, the pandemic mm -hmm. when it started. Uh, yeah. I know that from our hospitality business, it was the end of the world for a few months. But so how did you deal with that? Yeah, I mean in terms of business, it crushed everyone and it yeah. crushed ourselves too. Um, but. We faced two challenges when the at the first after the first month of lockdown. The first one is that people were very comfortable at home, mm -hmm. so they didn't want to go back to the offices, and there was kind of this perception that shared spaces were unsafe. Mm -hmm. So our starting point was a bit behind the others, and what we did was basically we were very lucky because we had a doctor okay. in our team that was in our Madrid team. So he was in charge of applying all the health and safety protocols from the uh, government and the European authorities. So we just basically took that, he did it. He took that and he did the implementation process for our locations. And I compare um, our protocols to the other co-workings and I see that the level of, um, are, it's really high, yeah. but that's because um, he did it. So we were really lucky at this point. So we have separation, we have a gel, and we also have, um, protocols if there's a COVID case, um, if yeah. one person of our team has to be in quarantine. It happened here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So we have many protocols put in place. For yeah, that. no, I'm, I'm actually very happy and very lucky. Today we were at the graduation of my son and uh, the whole year passed without a single uh, quarantine mm -hmm. for, for their class, for actually all the whole of their grade. And, and also here, you know, we always felt uh, safe, even in the couple of cases where somebody uh, was diagnosed uh, or exposed, we were uh, we were not disrupted. And mm -hmm. uh, we always said that we, we were like also one family, so yeah. it, is, it is like a, a bubble altogether. Lovely, lovely. Now we're moving into the business unusual mm -hmm. section, and and this is really you know when now we're coming back, but uh, uh, but we're not all uh, maybe coming back. So how do you how are you seeing now uh, the uptake? I think there's there's two phases. What everyone's up seeing now is the end of the first phase. That's when everyone will be kind of back in the office, even if it's in a hybrid model. Yeah. But what I'm more afraid of is this transition, because people have been working from home for over a year, and they won't just come back to the office and start doing again what they did a year ago. Yeah. So for people who have been at home for a year, almost without talking to anybody, having their own routines, I think that companies really need to take care of this transition. Yeah. Even if they have a final plan or a meter plan, the transition to come back to the office for me is the most important thing. Especially because um, there's like a dichotomy in the office. Everyone wants to come back to the office, but everyone wants to stay at home yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So how do you make the office attractive? How do you attract people to come 
back to the offices. That's why a lot of companies are now interested in co-working. Yeah. Because the spaces are nice, the design is great, you have great coffee, you can talk to other people. And companies are using co-working spaces and flexible spaces as a tool to attract employees again to the offices because they don't want to leave their houses. Yes. I think in terms of uh, companies can either slim down now or yeah. maybe even better turn. Do you have you seen? Large companies come and say, hey, we're thinking we're rethinking our real estate uh, or facilities. Yeah. We're, we have a lot of um, requests like this right now. So people, maybe they haven't left their offices, but I, for example, they had an office for 100 people and they are 300 employees. But they always have people on the road, people traveling, people working from home, but now they have a 100 people office. So it cannot feed everyone. Yeah. So some of them are either redoing and redesigning the headquarters to be like a place to meet, like a place to brainstorm, a place to do events. And they are doing like a hybrid model where people can work from home or they, or they can use co-working spaces. It's like a work from near home. It's like a, a new concept that um, is starting now. So you work remotely, but you don't work from home. And that's how um, co-working spaces can really benefit from, from that, especially if you close deals with big companies and their employees can go to any of our of any co-working space that um, they want within the same city. Very nice. And speaking of any of your co-working yeah. spaces, you're launching practically every few weeks now a new place. So tell us about uh, the new ones. Yeah. I'm very excited because I'm visiting one of them next Friday. Tomorrow? To look. Uh, not tomorrow. The ah, one. Yeah. one. Okay. By the time this episode out, it'll be mm -hmm. last Friday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but so tell, uh, let's talk about uh, you know what exciting uh, locations you have in mind and mm -hmm. then we'll talk about what So plans. we have four locations that are planned to open till now from now to the end of the year. All in Barcelona? All in Barcelona. Um, two of them were planned to open late last year. But because of the pandemic, we had to postpone the construction work. So actually, two of them were 2019 projects that were supposed to open in 2020. Okay. But all of those projects were pushed till this year. And then we got a very interesting project and opportunity in Casa Las Punchas, mm -hmm. which is a modernist house, uh, really, really um, located, it's very well located in the center of Barcelona. Yeah. That we are, we are opening a space there in two weeks from now. That's what I'm visiting. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we're very happy and excited about this project because they're very different concepts, like a concept co-working. So mm -hmm. we usually provide working spaces, shared meeting rooms, common areas where people can enjoy. And as we are a small player, we always get into a building, we start in one floor, and then we always expand to the yeah. other ones. Whereas, for example, we work with topical spaces. They just take a whole building mm -hmm. and they renovate it full and they open it. But this one is the first one where you have street door access. Okay. So you can see the space from the street. This mm -hmm. is the first time that um, Cloudwork Space will be like that. And we'll also have a restaurant nice. and a very yeah, very, a very big um, space for events. Okay. So in terms of seats, it will only have 75 seats, which for us is not a very big space. But we are expecting to have a lot of people coming in and out of the space every single day. So it will more be like a hospitality space, more like a hotel yeah. where people can just come and say for a day or for a couple of hours have a coffee have lunch and then leave very good and uh, do you see this like a prototype or a pilot or something you think we'll see for us will be like a flagship like a yeah. really new where we will put our knowledge in um, co-working spaces mm -hmm. and flexible spaces but we'll see how it goes but we're very very excited and the feedback we got so far from clients who come to visit the space and also from real estate brokers is really really good Amazing. Very good. So yeah, I'm really looking forward yeah. uh, to, to, to visiting that. And what else is in the future? Uh, Cloudworks, uh, are we looking at Cloud Life, Cloud Gyms, Cloud... Uh, <laughs> cloud Podcast, I know. Yeah, Cloud Podcast, we already have <laughs> it. Um, I mean, we know that our services, the flexible spaces, 
the service has to be integral. So it, it doesn't only have to be a working space. So people have to be able to enjoy the service that we provide throughout the day, not only working. Till now, we've done that through partnerships. So we have a lot of branches, the wellness area, food uh, mobility. So we are trying to give our clients services that go beyond the working space okay. through our partners. They know their business much better than us. So that's why we partnered with, and I'm very happy until that. Okay. Um, we also have with co-livings. We, some people think that co-working and co-living is the same. I can say it's not, no. even if it has the code at the beginning. Yeah. Um, we partner with them as well. So that I mean, people can come and So you didn't go to we work uh, where no. we live. No, 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 no. Interesting. Very cool, very cool. Well, again, uh, Marta, I want to thank you. Of course. Uh, congratulate you on uh, your appointment. Congratulate Cloudworks on thank the you so new much. Uh, on the new uh, Cloudworks podcast. We will link to it as well so that people can mm -hmm. listen. Uh, I want to thank you and, and all of the Cloudworks family. You know, Cloudworks is my second home. I probably spend more time here than at home. And yeah, you, you're always here. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's because here. of the time. time <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, for being such a great uh, family so for me here, you know, since, uh, since I, we, we moved to Barcelona, we really feel that connection. Uh, I look forward to having more sessions together, maybe with the yeah. more. And, uh, uh, we will uh, make sure that uh, our audience will connect with us online and uh, through social media. Okay. Uh, dear listeners, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out directly and uh, look forward to seeing you in the new season of uh, Wireless Dior's uh, after the summer. For today, it's the end of our second season and we thank you very much for all your listening and all your feedback and comments so far. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Dear listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe to Wireless to Yours on your favorite podcast app. We are available on all popular platforms including Anrami, Apple and Spotify. Your opinion matters to us, so leave us a review with your feedback and stay tuned for more. Wireless to Yours.